The Inside Vegas Podcast and the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast. Even though Super Bowl is over, there's still plenty to bet on as we're going to get into on this show. And as always, enter promo code SGP50, that's SGP50, for up to a 50% deposit bonus today. And so as we look at Super Bowl rearview mirror, again, last week we we touched on the beginning of gam- Gambler's Winter. I hope you guys are all being uh, responsible, not trying to uh, try to make too much happen uh, during the limited slate of things that we have here. We have a UFC event in the books, the UFC pay-per-view with the main event getting scrapped and an aging veteran uh, kind of passing the torch in Israel Adesanya um, or Anderson Silva to Israel Adesanya, I should say. And quite frankly, if you're not a huge college uh, basketball or NBA fan, there's not much out there for you. Uh, And that's kind of where we come in on the show to try to get you through until at least conference tournament time, if not March Madness, if that is not your thing. And so the kind of the theme of the next couple episodes, at least until conference tournament time, which is about three weeks, we'll have some some interesting episodes coming up in between kind of what to do. Um, You know, we're going to do a movies and shows kind of episode to get you through and into uh, March Madness, which bleeds right into... uh, uh, Major League Baseball, which will dictate a lot of the show going forward as we move through the summer, through UFC, Home Run Derby, all that type of stuff. So a lot of awesome stuff coming up uh, on this show. And we have, uh, you guys got me riding solo again this week. Next week, we will have the Gambler's Winter kind of guide episode. If you were familiar with the article written last, I believe it was last year, um, on kind of the survival guide, if you will. We're bringing that to life next week uh, with kind of the best shows that uh, will interest sports bettors, uh, whether it be Netflix, cable, movies, all that type of stuff. Um, will be the next. The theme of next week's show is kind of a survival guide if regular season college basketball and the what I really feel is meaningless uh, <laughs> NBA outside of a, a spread perspective, of course. Um, that'll be the show for you. But this one we're going to be doing kind of a news and notes episode that I think we're going to be carrying forward uh, for the foreseeable future, at least touching on at least, you know, um, with different guests, at least the five biggest things uh, that happened this week. And I know, you know, different shows do this kind of different ways, but no one is, no podcast really hits on the five biggest things of the week to, um, that would interest sports gamblers. Um, people hit on it in different ways, whether it be various national news outlets or podcasts, but no one really puts this spin on kind of the biggest sports stories of the week from a gambling perspective. Um, and so I think it, it brings some value to the space and, and that's kind of what my, um, theme of this show is going to be is effectively, um, the five biggest things that happened this week. And again, this is going to be a theme that we're going to at least touch on with their our uh, recurring guests at the end or, or whatever we're going to work it in there um but i really wanted to you know this was something in the talks uh with sean ryan for a, a long time on this show is to kind of what we wanted to you know the the theme of the quote-unquote off season at least until march madness and and all that type of stuff when there's not something specific that's happening um in the sports world so again, obviously recording this show a, a little bit earlier in the week and odds aren't up everywhere. Um, but the biggest thing upcoming this week for sports betters um, is probably the NBA's all-star game, right? So we have team Giannis, we have team uh, going up against, I should say, team LeBron. Um, and as we looked at 
it was tough to find odds for this. I did find one offshore book out there um, that did have them up. MyBookie.ag currently does not have these up, but uh, of course, I'm I'm sure these will be up pretty pretty soon. Um, very at, at whatever shop that you have out there. So. I'm just going to go run through these and kind of see where I find some value. We're going to look at some past trends of kind of who's won this uh, and kind of go from there when it comes to probably the biggest event um, in the basketball world for sure of the year in NBA All-Star Weekend. And it's really become so much more than an All-Star game. And you could blindly bet the over. You could live bet the fourth quarter under because that was the first. I mean, there were different angles that professionals really looked to take advantage of here. The best guys that I knew that bet this event uh, prior to the, you know, when it wasn't just West first East, and I know they've kind of changed things up to at least spark some interest because this was a very predictable event uh, for a very long time. It was a show-off um, pickup game, no defense for three quarters, and they played one quarter of a real uh, NBA game. And there were some cool moments in there, you know, of course, as a, as a Boston fan seeing the big, you know, three in, in Rondo in there uh, with, I believe it was Dwight Howard when they were trying to recruit him to come play there during the big three years. And so there's been some memorable moments for sure in the NBA All-Star game. But from a betting perspective, largely, it is take a, a pregame position on that over what it used to be. Take a pregame position on the over, um, bet the fourth quarter under and live bet um, and a lot of people we're able to hit a very sizable middle when it comes to um, the NBA. Not the case this year, of course. Team Giannis, Team LeBron. Um, I don't want to say not, not. It's not the same blanket case, right? And I, uh, you know, for everything that you can say about different commissioners when it comes to the, you know, the NFL baseball outdated this and that the NBA and the most, in my opinion, forward thinking commissioner on the planet. Has they have the uh, most forward thinker or most forward thinker of any of the big four at least, Um, you know, (laughs) Alliance Football League notwithstanding right now and XFL and all that type of stuff. But out of the main sports, obviously the most notable uh, advocate of sports gambling, so understands where more money is made, uh, and that says a lot about Adam Silver, obviously coming from what was effectively the N- the NBA's version of Roger Goodell with Adam Stern and everyone kind of knows what happened there. Um, Taco Bell skill challenge. I'm just going to run through these odds. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, Kings, plus 300. Trey Young, plus 400. Of the Hawks, Luka Doncic, Mavs, plus 400. Jokic of the Nuggets, plus 500. Conley, Grizzlies, plus 500. Tatum, Celtics, plus 500. Kuzma, Lakers, plus 700. And Nikola Vuvicek of the Orlando Magic at plus 800 when I kind of looked at this as breaking it down for who won these uh, types of events over the past couple of years because I largely conspiracy or, or, or predetermined is not the um, t- you know necessarily the type of, of word that I want to use when it comes to these type of situations but you know Kobe in 2011 th- there are th- when there's certain situations that arise whether it be a legacy award which again um you know was a little bit of a reason why I was on Drew Brees this year in MVP obviously was able to hedge that out to to Pat Mahomes when when things went south but you can kind of read into things a little bit and the NBA NFL MVP these type of things are largely a say legacy awards because obviously Russell Westbrook back-to-back in his prime outliers certainly do happen but I feel like if you're going to handicap this and really take the logical approach to this 
there's different ways to do it. And, and the easiest way is um, to look at, you know, kind of who, what situation people were in in the past when they won these type of situations or their, you know, Taco Bell's skill challenge, three-point challenge. Was it a breakout? Because a guy, you know, a Ray Allen or a Steph Curry or whatever, are they due? Um, which was a lot of the reason why I felt Giannis was a good bet for MVP for this year. I mean, of course, I'm not expect, expected Harden to go back to back. But again, things things come and go. And at a time, uh, Giannis was minus 200, obviously Harden all the way out there. So with this upcoming, um, of course, everyone's going to be betting, you know, uh, whether it be degenerate or not. Um, this is pretty much the only thing on in if you find yourself in a position where you're you're stuck watching this on a pretty bleak weekend of sports outside of college basketball in the NBA. Um, this is going to dominate, you know, mainstream TV. So I looked out back and forth this and, and two people really, really stuck out. Uh, Nikola Jokic at plus 500 for the Nuggets and Jason Tatum at plus 550. Largely, Jason Tatum has been an afterthought. I don't know if that's fair um but he hasn't been i think people expected him to step into instant stardom after the playoff performance that he did against lebron and and everything that came with that type of performance obviously without kyrie irving now kyrie coming back gordon hayward back although certainly not the same type of situation i think the kid thrives when the spotlight is on him and remember i mean there was a there was a time when it was uh, Westbrook, Durant, and Harden. Not that I'm comparing that big three to this big three of the Celtics. I just think certain people shine better uh, when they're the focal point. Russell Westbrook could obviously be the you know uh, another shining example of this uh, without Melo and without Paul George. Obviously, Paul George doing incredible things in the league. I just think there's certain players. You know, Kyrie Irving certainly comes to mind. That there is. They do better when the when they're the only piece out there. James Harden, probably the biggest outlier. And again, not that I'm comparing the NBA <laughs> Taco Bell's skill contest or champ challenge to the you know day in day out grind of the NBA. I just think it bears merit that there's certain people out there that stars shine the brightest when the lights are the brightest or when they have the biggest opportunity. And I think the Tatum. Again, not that I want to say he feels disrespected. I, I just feel like when he's able to really step into that sole leader role, I mean, people forget how young he is and everything else, That just how good that playoff performance was. Taking a little bit step back from the playoff performance, and again, obviously, if he was able to uphold that type of, of play through a season, he would already be a you know 20-year-old MVP. So nobody's taking anything away from him. It's just he, he shined brightest uh, in the playoffs without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward. And I think there's a, an opportunity there for him. The other one is Nikola Jokic at uh, plus, what did I say, plus 400 as I bring this back up here. Uh, Jokic is, yeah, plus 500. So five to one. I mean, uh, career year on a really resurgent Nuggets team that a lot of people are talking about along with the Milwaukee Bucks being able to shock the world. And, and when you look at what he's been able to do this year, I mean, 20 points per game, over 10 rebounds per game, seven assists per game, one of the premier young guys in this league. And it's been absolutely crazy to see kind of how his, his plays evolved coming in the league 2015, 2016 season. And again, I mean, no one say that was a, obviously his rookie year, 2015, 2016, played 80 minutes, or I'm sorry, 80 games. He's been, it's just this year, for whatever reason, everything is really clicking uh, for him. And I think that that's kind of, now, obviously, you know, having a, you know, picking a bigger guy in this type of competition puts him at a little bit of a disadvantage. I just, when I look at the rest of the field, Fox 300, I get it. Trey Young, mm, uh, he's a poor, poorer version of a Steph Curry, if you will. Um 
those were the ones that came to mind. Luka Doncic uh, at four to one as well, where it was the kind of the dark horse that I thought of at this competition. You just have to look at these rising stars and does a guy like Mike Conley, um, does he a feel disrespected or does he, is he going through the motions of that guy like Kuzma? Same thing. So I think there's a lot to be said for this field. The odds are always, you know, are of course, very close here for that reason. Um, I just think with the type of guys that I think make the most sense for the type of situation. And I think it's that breakout type of challenge guy that, sh- uh, you know, kind of shows that the moment's not too big for them. So those are the three that stuck out in my mind. Who won the 2019 three-point contest? Steph Curry, always the perennial favorite. Pl- uh, two to one, Buddy Heald, plus 450. Devin Booker, Suns plus 500 or 5 to 1. Seth Curry, getting a little name value bump in the odds of the Portland Trail Blazers, 6 to 1. Joe Harris of the Nets, 7 to 1. Dame, Damian Lillard at 8 to 1. Danny Green, Toronto, 10 to 1. Chris Middleton, Bucks, 10 to 1. Kemba Walker, 15 to 1. And Dirk Nowitzki at 20 to 1. Man, if there was ever a time. Um, that you wanted to take the long shot, it would probably be with with Dirk. I just don't know. To me, this feels like one more legacy award. Again, when I go back to who won the um, MVP, um, and I believe it was 2011 with Kobe, I, I could certainly see that type of situation happening here. Um, yeah, 2011 Kobe. Um, so there's there's certainly precedence it's just when you're in a three point and again not to say that anybody is is going to be throwing shots or or this or that i just think that people like to um when they get caught up in the moment of something of an appreciation which i do believe that this all-star game will be when we talk about mvp odds for dirk it makes some sense this competition just doesn't necessarily suit him uh the best Curry two to one i can't blame you there buddy healed 450 no thanks booker five to one no thanks I mean, for everything that the M- that people say that the NBA is scripted, can't you see yourself or can't you see yourself watching this um, on this this weekend and seeing the Curry brothers go head to head in the finals in a pure three pointing shooting contest and, and everyone is talking about it. it? It makes some sense if you want to talk about it from a narrative perspective. And again, not that the kid is bad from a pure three pointing with nobody in front of him type of situation. We talked about this um, a couple of years ago when it was Clay versus Seth. Uh, like the NBA has a way of making storylines come true, maybe more than any other sport out there. Um, and there has been a lot crazier things happen than the Curry brothers. Um, and I'm sure they're going to be seated as such, right? That it's potentially able for them to, to meet in the finals and all that type of stuff. Um, again, because that's what the NBA does and they love their narrative. So to me, I would take the Curry brothers at two to one and six to one, um, and just hope for, for a little home cooking and, and maybe the long shot on Derek, you know, pulling back the clock and all that. Who won the 2019 NBA All-Star Game MVP? LeBron, 4-1. Giannis, 5-1. The namesakes of their team. Durant on Team LeBron, 7-1. Curry, 8-1. Embiid, 8-50. Kemba Walker, 9-1. Kyrie, 9-1. Paul George, 9-1. Anthony Davis, 12-1. Harden, 12-1. And so on. I'm not going to go through every list here. Um, Again, this is what I was talking about when I I go through this. um, And I look at effectively the last seven to ten years of of who's won this award what was the situation when they won it kobe and Shaq, 2019 co-mvps Dwayne wade 2010 kobe bryant 2011 durant chris paul kyrie westbrook for two straight anthony davis and lebron it has certainly been a precourse uh, sorry precursor these are all things to i mean this was a large part of when kyrie left the Cavaliers, I, I bet on him to win MVP last year on the Celtics because I thought he was going to, you know, this was the James Harden effect. This was 
when someone goes on their own, is they're part of a, a big tube or a big three, they tend to shine. And so I was the you know Giannis the obvious one here plus five or five to one, it makes a ton of sense. Two years ago, Anthony Davis, twenty seventeen, LeBron was really an outlier last year that there wasn't much of a a reason, if you will. Um, you could argue Westbrook, twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen, but that was you know him getting kind of not to say that he wasn't you know those were a little bit different years in different situations Kyrie of course on the the Cavs but these were the first time that they were really able to shine on their own and so that's something I tend to look for when I'm looking to bet an all-star game MVP is who is in something of a um you know, who's in a log jam, who is sharing minutes, who is sharing points, who's sharing everything. And is this a time where they can shine on their own? And again, despite the fact that they're with four other all-stars, the other team is too. And that's why a guy like Russell Westbrook was able to go back to back. Uh, and, you know, once Durant left kind of be able to, you know, do that. It really echoes in the, this is the most consistent award when it comes to MVP in the all-star game and MVP in the uh, regular season NBA. Does LeBron have this capability? I don't see him going back to back. Does Giannis? Yes. Echoes Anthony Davis at a 2017 statement. This is his, you know, entry into the elite of the league. Giannis at five to one makes a ton of sense. Durant, I don't believe yeah, never won um, an MVP. Certainly. All right. Steph Curry, another guy who has never won an MVP. Joel Embiid, Kemba Walker, Kyrie already won one. This is my guy here. It's Paul George. <laughs> Nine to one, obviously playing with Westbrook, who won back-to-back MVP awards. The kid has been, or not even the kid, the guy has been on absolute fire. And a little secret for anyone that knows me or, or has done, you know, uh, Paul George to me was, if there were, I was always so high on Paul George. I bet him every single year for the MVP. I just thought he was always on the cusp of being a superstar in this league and he was never really able to put it together and this stretch would even going back to when he was on the Pacers before you know when he broke his leg that year was one of my larger bets two years ago I've always bet him and I always I am a sucker for Paul George for whatever reason he fits the mold of this type of situation now the issue is if you believe that team LeBron has obviously constructed a better roster uh that's going to be a little bit of an issue for so obviously these are all correlated um you know, if, if that side can win, obviously they have a much, much better chance. Um, so on the other side, you know, Giannis obviously has the same issue. So you are taking two players there. Durant on LeBron's team. Um, Curry is on Giannis's. Um, some, it's a little bit, it's a little bit sketchy in that you're, you're taking two players that are on the same team. And, and some people feel LeBron certainly did put the, uh, better roster together, but, that is really where I would lean is is where which type of uh, situation guys are in from a long term perspective um, is f- where I've been able to find the most success betting this award. So that that's kind of your your All Star Weekend um, primer. Again, not not to sit here and say I have this innate ability to be able to pick these these type of things out there. It's 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 been you know hit or miss. But again, you, you're able to only bet a couple you know, and pay for the long-term effects of them. So, um, those would be my, my biggest one would be Paul George at nine to one, certainly in the Curry brothers, um, in the three point contest dunk contest. Look, I'm not going to break this down. There's not one that's obvious in the way that the Dwight Howard or Nate Robinson was kind of back in the day. So I tend not to bet that one and stay kind of, you know, stay far away from it. Um, 
And that'll kind of do it for for the NBA All-Star Weekend upcoming. The next thing that I really did want to touch on is kind of the biggest... Biggest uh, news story of the week. I mean, dominating headlines since the tweet heard around the world. I believe it was Scheffler who who um, tweeted this out. Antonio Brown asking for a trade. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and try to break this down from a, an X's and O's standpoint or a uh, what does this do for the Steelers. I mean, this will these will all be things that kind of happen um, when we get closer to the next when he when he at least gets traded or all that type. I'm I'm bringing this up for one reason. Um, a prominent offshore book, hashtag no free ads, has put out um, where he will play game one of the 2019 season. Um, so I'm just going to break this down for where this would be. And I'm going to give one that I don't see listed here, which would lead me to believe it's uh, longer odds or a, a higher payout than the 15 to one for the last place team that is that is out right now. So um, as these things get, you know, they certainly move uh, a lot with what news comes out and everything. So. Um, Steelers, look, disappointing season. Antonio Brown, very upset, very upset over, you know, he called it the Wi-Fi connection. Sometimes it goes out with him and Ben and, and Juju obviously stepping in and taking so much away from him. As for the trade, here we are now. Say goodbye to Steeler Nation. Steelers somehow still the favorite at plus 150 for him to play next season. Don't think that that is even a remote possibility. San Francisco 49ers plus 285. Obviously, this is coming from the uh, from George Kittle and, and saying that he wanted to play with him. I believe Brown liked the tweet, said it would be great. All this and uh, followed a bunch of 49ers team accounts on Twitter or Instagram. That's why they're as high as they are right now. Dallas Cowboys 9 to 1. Green Bay Packers 9 to 1. Buffalo Bills 12 to 1. Arizona Cardinals 12 to 1, Indianapolis Colts 12 to 1, Jets 12 to 1, Saints 12 to 1 and Miami at 15 to 1. This the um the 49ers one certainly looks on the surface to have legs. When I would look at this, uh, the one team that I would talk about um that is is not listed currently on the odds is the Seattle Seahawks. And why I say that is a couple of reasons. Now, I'm not, the other, a lot of these don't make sense at, at the surface when you look at these. Um, Arizona going through a rebuild, Buffalo going through a rebuild. These are all teams with the cap space. Dallas obviously has been trying to, um, you know, get get that wide receiver since Des left, and Amari Cooper certainly kind of stepped in, and you could build a dynamic one-two connection there for sure. Seattle is. People don't rem- people don't tend to uh, think of the fact that Russell Wilson is thirty. Russell Wilson sacked three hundred and thirty seven times over the last seven years. Brady sacked five thirty eight in his career. Um, Brady playing for eighteen seasons. Russell, um, you know, eleven years. It, it, it's absolutely crazy the type of punishment and the type of. Um, you know, the type of game plan Seattle likes to employ when they look at free agents at the draft is they take a Green Bay approach. They like to grow hometown talent, as evident with Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, Marshawn Lynch. You know, all that type of stuff certainly comes to uh, a play here. But Brown is a, a proven commodity. And they can, you know, effectively what they've been asking for is a first-round pick. Um, Seattle does certainly have the... Um, cap space to make this happen 
Doug Baldwin, aging, Tyler Lockett, more of a deep threat, certainly the better version, and people don't even realize it, of Deshaun Brack, uh, Deshaun Jackson. And I do understand Brown is 30 years old. I, I really, really do. But I think the window is closing for a guy like Russell Wilson, who does not have the biggest, you know, the talent, um, the talent, I don't want to say the talent is there, the physical tools aren't what they are in some other guys, but he has all the talent in the world. And so a guy like Antonio Brown certainly, certainly makes some sense here. And again, I, I don't have this, um, these aren't even, it's not available on the one site that has this up, but should he um, should he become available to there, that's probably going to be the the bet um, that I end up placing just because I, I do believe Seattle is okay giving a first round pick for a 30 year old guy. The more I read into this type of situation, um, so it, it, it certainly makes some sense for Antonio Brown to end up, you know, out of division in the NFC as far away from possible. Um, so it, it makes some sense certainly, uh, for Antonio Brown to end up as a Seattle Seahawk over, uh, effectively the next year. The next, next kind of, uh, you know, star, or, uh, headline grabbing type of news comes from one Kyler Murray who effectively said done with baseball returning 1.2, I believe, a, a $1.5 million signing bonus from the Oakland A's. And again, another prominent sportsbook has released odds on where he will land in the draft. Now, if you have some type of inside information, you have whatever case you may believe, to me, the best case scenario for you is to wait and wait till a number prop is hung on a guy like Kyler Murray um, because it gives you just a lot more options, albeit uh, obviously a little bit odds, but these are a little bit worse odds, but these aren't even really good enough to bet on, um, truthfully. Uh, Miami Dolphins leading the way at plus 150, Arizona Cardinals 5-1, to one. Giants 5-1, to one. Jacksonville Jaguars six to one, Oakland Raiders six to one. It is, man. When you talk, when you look at the scouting reports, you look at things online, and when you really try to handicap this, Miami at plus one fifty, it makes sense, but it doesn't. I think it got you know the overwhelming consensus has been Haskins to either the Giants or the Jaguars, Drew Locke or the kid from Duke at, uh, to the. You know, Giants, whichever one effectively chooses to pass on Haskins, it's very likely Haskins to be the first one off the board here. Tannehill's time with the Dolphins may have run its course. They own the 13th overall pick. When you really look at this, it doesn't make a lot of sense to bet the Dolphins now because when I, looking a little bit into the future where I see his draft prop being, everyone has said sort of late first, um, Maybe the Teddy Bridgewater type of selection, you know, first round of the second or first player of the second round, last pick of the first round. You're looking at an over under of 13 right now, effectively, if the Dolphins want to get him. Now, if they love him and you start reading things um, that they're enamored with him, it may make some sense. It just this that number. And again, you could effectively give yourself a middle. There are different types of situations about a plus 150. It just does not make a lot of sense. Cardinals are an intriguing option, though. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, of course, Texas Tech looking to apply that Big 12 style of football. Nobody runs Big 12 football like Kyler Murray. And here's the the other thing. Said in October that he would take Murray with the first pick in the NFL draft if he could. Arizona does own the number one pick. Only problem is they picked a, a first-round quarterback last year with Josh Rosen uh, at number 10. So if they trade Rosen, um, 
that's likely the next domino to fall. And of course, everyone's going to be talking about the height and all that type of stuff. I, I understand that. Um, the other type, the other thing I wanted to touch on here is the have a couple of different props up for Kyler Murray. And again, this is one um, offshore sports book over nine and a half minus 200 under nine and a half plus 150. That over nine and a half certainly looks like a, a very enticing option, knowing that at worst uh, Miami is there at, at 10. Um, and again, another juice minus 200. But I, I feel that this is a, a virtual certainty of a pretty good best bet here. And again, Kyler Murray's measured height at NFL combine under five foot 10 minus 300 over five foot ten plus two hundred. If you uh, Google Kyler Murray height, I believe you're gonna get five eleven, five ten, which is what that says is the same exact height as Russell Wilson. There have been various scouts, there have been various people uh, that have come out and said that that is not the case. And when he is measured on a NFL, you know, n- no bullshit, no nothing, he's not gonna be anywhere close to five ten. So the under there, uh, certainly minus three hundred. Yeah, I get it, but. Uh, that that five eleven that you see on Google, thinking you're going to get a, a quick nice plus two hundred, is, is certainly likely a facade. So it does not make a lot of sense uh, to to go <laughs> to go over there just because you read one thing on Google for Kyler Murray. So just just again, these things are going to change. I just do not see a guy like Kyler Murray, despite the Big Twelve infusion style of football in the National Football League. Running to a type of, uh, of team that early would be absolutely shocked. So that over, if you're available, and again, that is on one various uh, offshore spot that yeah, you should be able to find out there. And again, juice probably will move um, throughout this, but that over nine and a half, again, knowing Miami has the 10th pick is is looks like a pretty good bet to me at this early uh, of a juncture. And as always, guys, before we get to kind of the third biggest um, news and notes of the week when it comes to sports gambling, as always, we are brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gaming Podcast and the Inside Vegas Podcast. Enter promo code SGP50 for a 50% deposit bonus today, up to three grand. That's SGP50. Uh, so again, shout out to to Odd Shark. They have um, long been a friend of this show, uh, sponsored the show, all that good stuff. Uh, wrote up an awesome article, basically on the odds for the next Los Angeles Lakers head coach. And I'm just going to read a little bit of it here for you. When there's and again, this is by Giles Gallant. When there's smoke, there's fire, and the rumblings kind of out of the LA organization is that they could be making a head coaching change before the start of the season. And an all-time great point guard uh, is the favorite to take the helm. I'm sure you know who that is. Here's the here's the odds. Jason Kidd plus 125, followed by Mark Jackson plus 200 or 2 to 1, Luke Walton plus 333, Frank Vogel 8 to 1, Kevin McHale 8 to 1, Tom Thibodeau 8 to 1, Phil Jackson 15 to 1, and LaVar Ball 500 to 1. Again, great, great article here that really breaks down um, whether they should or, or if they shouldn't um, you know, make this coaching change. And again, I'm going to read his theory here. And this again, this Giles Gallant. Theory is that the Lakers will continue with Walden as the coach for the remainder of the season. Try to nab some free agents. And if the Lakers uh, start slow, goes five and five, Walton will be shown the door. That's why I was betting this prop. I'd go with Walton at plus 33 and making the idea that someone in the Lakers organization has some rational thinker or lash, rational thinking. People forget, man, Jason Kidd was, had the same team again, a year younger of Giannis, but had the same Milwaukee team and was shown the door very, very early. Um, This is, to me, a little bit of a a crazy prop because if you're getting who will coach, you know, through the end of the season, 
um, and again, to start the 2019-2020 season uh, is the prop. So it will be next season. So even if you get an interim coach and it is one of those, of course, likely, you know, they'd have to be named the, um, they'd have to be named the, they would have to move from acting to uh, permanent head coach. So it does make some sense uh, to bet this prop. But to me, man, I'm with him here. I, I am all over Luke Walton at, at plus, you know, essentially three to one, a little over three to one, plus 33. There's, this is a lost year. And if you remember during when you were listening to NBA preview podcasts on whether it was win totals or, or whatever it was, this was largely being looked at. There were two theories of thought here. Would LeBron take this year off? Would he understand they still have to get a free agent? Take it easy, uh, you know, see what they have and play it simple, play it safe and, and let the Lakers, this would be a lost year for the Lakers, right? He was going to start, you know, the media business, everything he moved to LA for, uh, and then take it next year with it, whether it be Anthony Davis, Kyrie again. I mean, there, there's a million different options when it comes to free agents next year. The only thing that we know now is this is a lost year. LeBron has taken more time off than ever before. He is, they're not going to dethrone the Warriors in the Eastern, or the, I'm sorry, the Western Conference. This is going to be a year he finally misses a conference championship, finally misses a finals, and he's going to package everyone that he wants. I'm sure we've all seen the memes of everyone sitting, you know, across the bench from him and, and this and that. They're not expected, they don't have, they're so young, they are not expected to compete, and this, the only thing that's, our questions have been answered. This is the lost year for LeBron. He mailed this year in. He's going to take more time off as it comes. Uh, and again, not to talk about season win totals or anything. It's That is completely irrelevant from what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is from a playoff, deep playoff push, he is mailing this in. And we're talking about LeBron James. That is the standard. So it certainly makes some sense uh, for uh, Luke Wallen at plus 33. I, I don't really get where the Jason Kidd you know, favorite comes in. LeBron needs a puppet. He's shown that time and time again. He needs a guy. He is the coach. He is the GM. He is the franchise on a multiple, multiple levels. Um, and I don't know how that relationship would work with Kidd, although it did work with a guy like Tyron Lue, who, you know, a uh, less quote-unquote good version of Jason Kidd, certainly. So the premise is there, and I understand it. I just don't know exactly uh, kind of how well that fits. But that's kind of the, the news and new, or news news and notes uh, from Sports Gambling for the week, guys. And again, much more in-depth uh, episode next week. Um, truthfully, there, there's not a lot out there for you it's right now. I know it's we can only do college basketball, and Colby really handles that, uh, or NBA and college basketball. Colby handles that over on the college experience. And again, uh, three weeks ago now, me, myself, and Jay Cryer handling the regular season college basketball primer. So that will start to ramp up, um, I promise, guys. So... Thank you guys enough for listening. As always, please rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes. And next week, we have the uh, Grand Gambling Winter Survival Guide. We have your, you know, as a sports better, what more do you want? We have uh, your best shows involving sports gambling, best movies, sports and sports gambling, and a way to pass the time while you wither away uh, until the return of at least March Madness Conference Tournaments, Major League Baseball, and everything the summer uh, has to offer. So we'll talk soon, guys. And again, um, can't thank you enough. We'll talk next Wednesday. Mm-hmm.